0: It's nice to get together for the holidays. Yeah, a nice fire, Christmas music playing, 30 minutes of commercials on TV, with short Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie snippet breaks. Ghosts covered in chains hovering above your heads. Yeah, I just can't imagine without... What? Ooh, There's something you forgot. Oh no! It's the ghost of Christmas past! Wait! They aren't bad ghosts. They've come to take us with them through time and space. To show us our past and all the mistakes that we've made. To show us our ever-fleeting present and how to enjoy life in the here and now. To show us the future that might be if we don't change our ways. No! We just popped in to tell you that you forgot to set the timer for your cookies. No! Are they burned? No, but if you don't take them out shortly, they will be slightly more brown than you prefer. Really? Yep. Yes. And so you came all the way into our plane of existence carrying what appears to be pounds of chains just to tell us that our cookies might be slightly overcooked? That. And to warn you about the demonic presence in your home? Nobody is. Yeah, that's just Ares, the robot assistant. Yes, she's, she's tried to kill us ever since I built her, but I didn't give her any hands, so she just pretty much bumps into us all night long. More of an annoyance, really. One day, you'll take just one bump too many. You just wait, you Quentin Tarantino-looking motherfucker. Well, well, if everything is fine here, we have another home we need to visit. Ebenezer Scrooge? Dan Aykroyd. Quentin Tarantino? You look like Quentin Tarantino and B. Arthur had a child and let Chris Farley raise it. Well, you look like a mean old robot. Mm. Oh, let's get on with the show. Hosted by Motherfucking Santa Claus. Oh, it is indeed not Santa Claus, <laughs> but your happy horror host of the past several thousand episodes. <laughs> That's not true, but this is the Christmas special. <laughs> episode featuring the girls from two girls one ghost podcast oh when you get a chance you should check that out oh but today we have some special christmas creepypasta stories for you oh let's get started with the first story of the night our first christmas story of the night is a Heartwarming Christmas Tale By Mr. Dupin Mom says when I wear this badge just does treat me like a man of the law And to this day Maurice should still be the queen Of a country in which Shimmering Christmas forests And glazed marzipan castles In short The most marvelous things you can imagine Can be seen If you only look The end With a sigh, little Timmy slowly closes the book, gets up and places it on his corner of the books, as his mother calls the pile at the corner of the room where Timmy puts his books. Did you finish that already, honey? Yeah, Timmy responds, his soft voice trembling from the cold. Did you like it? I will take you to the bookshop to get another one for the holidays when the weather becomes better, Timmy's mother says before she is struck by a coughing fit. It has been snowing heavily for days now, and the two of them have been trapped in their home, while the old stove in the basement has broken down, and there is no heating in the house. It's okay, Mom. I don't need one right now. Timmy, despite his young age, knows his mother doesn't have much money and doesn't want to put pressure on her. He jumps onto the couch next to his mother and she strokes his hair affectionately as the two of them huddle together to fight off the growing cold. During the night. It is just past midnight and little Timmy is laying on his bed tightly clutching his raggedy blanket close to his chest. He is having trouble going to sleep. His mother's muffled crying and raspy coughing can be heard through the wall. He pulls the blanket over his head to fend off both the lingering cold and his mother's suffering. Having trouble sleeping, little one? A voice speaks up from the foot of the bed. With a swift move, a wooden nutcracker. That's a lot of nuts! Toy soldier climbs onto the bed and sits on little Timmy's leg. Little Timmy peeks out from under the blanket. Hi, Alexandra. The boy says with a frail voice. Worried about your mother, huh? The toy soldier says, readjusting the wooden hat on his wooden head. Little Timmy nods in agreement. She's having a rough night, isn't she? Alexandra pauses for a second. But I heard you just finished your book. How was it? It was good. Hmm. You're not in the mood for talking eh?" Alexandra scratches a wood chip from his knee. He looks sternly at the Little Timmy. Tell you what, lad, I will take care of this. I'll go down to the basement and see what I can do about the stove. I want to help, too, Little Timmy says in his voice stronger. That's the spirit, lad. Have a good night's sleep now. With that, Alexandra takes a bow and jumps off the bed. Little Timmy is very glad he has Alexandra. He is shy, sickly, and small in frame, and he doesn't have many he can call friends. Alexandre is there for him ever since he can remember, taking care of him since he was young. These thoughts float in Timmy's mind, and he falls into the warm embrace of a deep sleep. Morning comes. Little Timmy spends the day taking care of his mother. He cleans around the house cooks and caters to her needs her condition has worsened during the night she is feverish and can't stop coughing she is stuck to her bed for the whole day to keep her warm timmy gave her his blanket no matter how she refused still the house is terribly cold and the stove remains broken night falls again timmy bids his mother good night and goes for his bed He has no blanket. Instead, he uses the heaviest clothes he could find in his wardrobe. Still, the cold is stinging and harsh. With a trembling breath, he lays down and closes his eyes. Psst! Lad, are you asleep? Alexandra opens the toy chest and walks slowly towards the bed. Little Timmy groggily opens his eyes. The mustachioed face of the soldier greets him. Sorry to wake you up, but I think I found what the problem with the stove is. The basement is covered in snow. In snow? How? Timmy's timid voice speaks out. Well, there's snow everywhere. On the floor, the shelves, everywhere, I say. How is this possible? Timmy's sentence is interrupted by heavy coughing from the mother arm. Alexandra looks at little Timmy stoically. Tomorrow I'll go down there and take care of it. Do not worry, lad. The toy soldier tries to soothe Timmy. Suddenly, Susan, the sound of a door slamming shut echoes across the house. Little Timmy gasps. Must have been the wind, Alexandra says. Then, just outside the room, footsteps. Slow, unsteady footsteps, like someone is dragging his feet. Little Timmy hides under the covers while Alexander stands up, changing up his name. The footsteps abruptly stop. The door to his mother's room creaks open. The footsteps resume. Someone has entered the room. Stay here, lad, Alexander whispers to Little Timmy before he jumps down the bed and goes for the door. He jumps to the handle and pulls it down, but the door does not open. Locked! The door to the mother's room closes shut. Timmy starts sobbing lightly. Alexandra frantically jumps around the room, trying to find the key. Then, from the mother's room, a loud moan. Mommy! Timmy cries. Alexandra is livid. Eyes darting around and mind racing for a way out. The moans get louder and louder until they suddenly stop. Replaced by rhythmic wheezing. Not wheezer, not dandere's. Alexandra moves a stool under the handle, climbs on and jams his metal sword in the lock and frantically moves it around. The door clicks open and the toy soldier jumps out, his wooden boots clacking across the cold floor. He runs into the mother's room, but as he reaches the door, it swings open, and a wild gust of wind blows into the hallway, lifting Alexandra and slamming him against the wall. Then an eerie silence falls upon the house. Only the muffled crying of little Timmy and the heavy breathing of the mother disturb the stillness of the cold weak morning sunrobes break through the dark clouds. Mommy, Mommy, please wake up, little Timmy begs his mother. She has grown deathly pale, and she is very cold. She's breathing with difficulty, and she is shaking. I warmed you some milk. Please drink it. It will do you good. But she does not respond, lost deep into feverish dreams. Little Timmy places the glass of milk on the nightstand and turns to leave. He has a lot of housework to do. During the day, though, he takes great care to stay away from the basement door. The moon shines brightly in the sky. Lad, is everything all right? Alexandra jumps from the toy's chest and sits on the windowsill next to Little Timmy, who has been staring out of the window for the past hour. Alexandra's left hand is bruised, and its red paint is scratched off, while a button is missing from his torso from the scuffle last night. I gathered some wood and some dried branches. I will light the old stove and we will be warm again. Well, what about the thing? Don't be scared, little Timmy. Alexandre I will take care of it, the toy soldier says with a warm smile. Anyway, I see you started writing the story you were telling me about, he says, pointing at the notebook by the nightstand. How's it going? This must be fun! It's great. I'm at the part where Jack sneaks into the Mouse King's castle to save Eliza. Oh, I am so eager to read it. Jack sounds like a very fine lad. He is very brave, but he is not as brave as his guardian. Little Timmy says, his gaze wandering off in the distance. Alexandra sighs. I'm gonna fire the stove up for a moment, and then I'll return to talk to you about your story more. All right, lad? Little Timmy gives Alexandra a fleeting, nervous glance, and Alexandra bows his head and backs away. An hour has passed, and Alexandra is still not returned. Nor is the stove lit. Little Timmy is growing more anxious by the minute. He fears the worst. Thinking of what Alexandra would do for him, he decides to go to the basement. With trembling hands, he opens the door. His mother's fast asleep. Little Timmy covers her exposed to the cold body with her blankets and starts the long walk towards the basement. Time seems to have stopped while Timmy makes his way to the basement door. The incessant wind has ceased blowing and the house has plunged into complete silence. He takes a deep breath and, with shaking hands, reaches for the doorknob. The old door opens, the rusty hinges groaning under the weight of the metal door. The cold breath of the darkness, darkness is- below hits little Timmy in the face. For a moment, his will falters, but he steals himself and pushes his legs down the slippery stairs, the open, dark mouth of the basement below, staring back into his little heart. It's a lot of shit going on. (laughs) Slowly but steadily, little Timmy descends into the abyss. The further down he goes, the colder and darker it gets. Snow and ice have formed on the stairs. Timmy reaches the floor of the basement. He gets on his toes to reach the light switch, but it is completely frozen and stuck in place. Darkness and cold envelops the little boy. In front of him stands the old stove, asleep and dormant. All the boxes and old shelves around it are just shadows in the dark. Alexandra, though, is nowhere to be seen. Timidly, little Timmy takes a step forward. As soon as his foot lands, a gust of wind blows from the back of the basement, swirling snow and stuff around. Timmy covers himself as best as he can. When the ruckus stops... Uh, What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? A tall, white silhouette stands in the middle of the room. The man- Baby! Like creature is crouched over its thin torso almost floating on its lean limbs. Its skin has a parched-like texture and breaks up here and there. The creature sniffs the air and turns towards Timmy. Its black eyes met with his as the creature starts to move towards Timmy, who can only watch paralyzed. Over here! Alexandra's voice echoes in the basement, pulling Timmy out of his trance. Little Timmy follows the voice and finds the toy soldier hiding under a shelf. A pile of wood by his side. He is in a very dire state. His torso is cracked, wooden splinters spurting from his body. And his right leg is severed from the knee down. To stand up he is using a branch as a crutch. We don't have much time. You need to go and put the wood into the stove. That will drive the creature away and heat the house. I will distract him, quickly!" Alexandra starts hopping to the other side of the room while Little Timmy grabs the wood and branches and sneaks his way to the stove. "'Over here, you big snowflake!' Alexandra shouts at the creature, which turns and gallops towards him, its bony spine arched back and his sharp claws clicking on the floor. Little Timmy is halfway to the stove, but he slips and the branches scatter across the floor with a loud noise. The creature stops in its tracks, turns towards the boy. It glances at the pile of wood on the floor and then the stove. With a gritty laugh, (laughs) it grabs the wood, which dissolves under its touch. It then moves closer to Timmy, who backs away as fast as he can. Alexandra sprints as fast as his one leg allows and gets between the creature and Timmy. Over my dead body, the soldier says unsheathing his sword and staring down the vile beast. The beast falls on all fours and slowly prowls towards Alexandra, who stands tall, its shoulder blades bobbing up and down. It stops right in front of the soldier and looks down on him, its black eyes examining the little thing that stands between it and its prey. Alexandra assumes a defensive stance. The beast goes to move over him to little Timmy. Uninterested in the soldier, Alexandra strikes its arm with two quick slashes and two red streaks splatter across the floor. The beast lets out an angry cry. The soldier moves back on the defensive and steadies himself. For little Timmy, be strong for little Timmy, he whispers under his breath. The beast lets out another bone-chilling cry and stands on its feet. When it comes back down, it strikes at Alexandra, throwing him to the side. His head hits the hard wall, his hat splintering into a thousand pieces, and his sword thrown way out of his reach. The last thing the soldier sees before his strength leaves him is the creature lunging towards Little Timmy, who screams in fear. (laughs) Alexandra's eyes close and his world fades to black. Little Timmy is now backed against the corner of the basement, clutching a box as a shield in front of him. The creature tears the box apart. Little Timmy starts crying as the creature grabs his leg. The creature smashes Timmy against some cardboard boxes. Before it can grab him again, Little Timmy opens his tearful eyes. On the opening of the stove stands Alexandra. Both his legs are broken off. Half his torso is gone and his head is cracked. Somehow he managed to climb on the stove. Below him on the floor where he crawled are wood splinters and parts of the toy soldier. You made it, Little Timmy thinks, as his heart is filled with a new hope. The eyes of Alexandra meet with Little Timmy's. The wooden nutcracker toy soldier smiles warmly. I will take care of it, lad. I promised. And with that, Alexandra pushes himself into the old stove, which flares up in powerful red flame. A blinding white light shoots out of the wave of heat that follows, shakes the foundations of the whole room. First the stalactites quickly melt off and the snow evaporates into mist. Then the wave engulfs the creature, its white skin catching fire like old parchment. It lets out a scream of agony, flames shooting out from its body, a big hole. A fire opens up in its chest as it falls to its knees. It looks at its hands as they are burnt off its body, shattering and evaporating upon hitting the floor. The creature finally vaporizes into a dark smoke. Only little Timmy now stands in the basement. After he collects himself, he shakily exits the basement. The house is now warm. He walks into his mother's room. The mother is sat upwards on the bed, calmly drinking the warm milk Timmy made her earlier. Little Timmy runs to her and gives her a hug in his warm, starlit room. Little Timmy finishes writing his story. He gets up from his desk and walks towards his toy chest. He carefully places the notebook on the wooden box. With the Mouse King defeated, Jack and Eliza live happily ever after, with Alex always watching them from above. Smiling warmly, Jack's ever-loving guardian. The end. The next story is called Santa's Sleigh. There once was a young boy called Thomas, who, like many children, was very much in love with the idea of Santa Claus and his magical band of reindeer pulling his sleigh full of toys through the skies on Christmas Eve. Thomas's parents were happy to pander into Thomas's fantasies. It was part of the magic of Christmas after all. And thus when Thomas ran into their room one Christmas Eve, calling Mommy, Daddy, Santa's here, they thought nothing of it, and told Thomas to go back to sleep and wait until morning. Thomas couldn't be convinced, however, and kept tugging and pulling on the sheets until at last his mother got up. Listen, he's on the roof now! Thomas said with glee. Thomas' father was about to comment when, to his shock, he heard a thump, thump sound. Something was on the roof. Instantly losing his Christmas cheer, Thomas' father awoke his wife and instructed her to watch Thomas as he went to investigate. Thomas was most unhappy, but his mother comforted him informing him it was probably a raccoon or other small animal and that Daddy had to check. Thomas, however, replied, But, Mommy, I told you, it's Santa! Thomas's mother simply jumped as she heard the thump, thump from the bus. It sounded awfully big for a raccoon. She called out to her husband, but he told her everything was fine as he went downstairs with a flashlight. The sound of the downstairs door opening signaled Thomas's father going outside, and it didn't take long for him to rush back inside, his face as pale as the snow outside. He motioned to his wife and son desperately as his eyes looked wide with horror. It's coming down the chimney, I swear to God! Get up! We have to! Suddenly, Susan... The sound of crashing from downstairs made Thomas' mother cry out in fear as she leapt out of bed. Thomas, finding himself, lifted up as his father grabbed a nearby lamp and headed out into the hall along with the others. "'But Daddy, it's Santa!' Thomas gasped, not understanding why his mother and father were getting so scared. Neither his mother or father answered as they made their way down the stairs, towards the open door." As they fled outside, Thomas glanced briefly at the open door leading up to their main living room, which had an open fireplace. The view was brief, but what he saw made his eyes grow wide. A large figure dressed in red stood in the room, covered in soot and examining the Christmas tree, swaying from side to side as if drunk. The figure began to turn as the family fled the house and made a grunting sound. Uh A large, bushy beard and angry eyes were the last Thomas saw before his mother slammed the front door shut behind her and ran into the night. Why are we running from Santa? Thomas wondered to himself. His parents rushing to the neighbor's home. When authorities arrived at the Weathers' home, they found themselves in a confrontation with an aggressive and drunken man who had forced himself into the home by dead of night. They were startled by his strength, but also by how he managed to slide himself down the chimney to enter the home, risking certain death had he got stuck. Most disturbing was how the man who had tried to bite an officer's ear off before being restrained was dressed. It wasn't until later that they found out the man had stolen a Santa suit from a local charity worker, who had been mugged and stripped of his clothing before being left in that. It would seem the weathers were picked at random, and authorities all agreed it was lucky the family had made it out without injury. Although Thomas never knew until much later in his life, his childhood sense of wonder about Santa and his sleigh. May well have saved his life. The end. Our final story of the night is called Elf on a Shelf by Zonot. It's Christmas time and my mom wanted to start a new tradition. Of course, she had to make it Elf on a Shelf. I wasn't too enthusiastic about the idea, but she knew that I wouldn't go for just a hidden elf. So my mom made it a MURDERING elf. Why the fuck not, right? It's already creepy enough looking already, but that's not it. She put post-it notes on the elf, and they were clues to find the... Victims of the elf. She knew I was horrible at finding things, so this was for her amusement. I was completely against it. I hated the idea, but she insisted that I do it. Well, insisting turned into forcing. I'm happy now, though. This elf is my best friend. You probably think I'm crazy right now, right? Just just hear me out. I I am holding my mother's heart and her lifeless body lying at my feet. I was ecstatic. No more mother and someone or something that felt the same about her. I hope we have the same takes on people. There are a lot of people I don't like at school. Ah, <laughs> uh, the and foolish mortal beings. <laughs> oh, I hope that makes you happy for your Christmas. <laughs> Take that and stuff it in your stocking. You know what else makes a good stocking stuffer? Bad Mama Beanery coffee. It's too late to order it now by Christmas, but you can still get it at 10% off if you use the code horror Go to BadMamaBeanery.com. And then also go listen to the Two Girls, One Ghost podcast to get your spooky fix. <laughs> Other than that, turkey basters, enjoy your Christmas coffee break. Every year I shine up my jingle bells for eight lucky reindeer. Hey guys, this is Corinne and Sabrina. We are the hosts of Two Two Girls, Girls, One One Ghost. Ghost. We are here to tell you spooky, scary, spine-chilling ghost stories. Listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See See you on the the other side. side.